from the city of Xi'an at the end of the Silk Road in China to the streets of London are talking Chinese citizens. Yukon Lee talks about his experiences of the world. For a Hot Pot Haggis podcast, here he is. How are you doing, Yukon? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? Yeah, great, thank you. Yeah, another Sunday. Another Sunday, another podcast. Yeah, exactly. And I remember you said that the podcast is like your church, so... Here we go again. It is. It is. Yeah. And I have a lot of confession to make today. So, you know, oh, dear. Oh, dear. Pull up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here, you know, I'm here to listen and uh, I'm listening to your okay. confession. All right. So where would you like to start? Well, I think, uh, you know, since, since we're going to name this series, you know, the world in my hot pot, I wanted to I wanted to start off by talking about my experience you know, living in the West, I think mostly in the UK as a, as a, as a, you know, almost like a fresh off the boat Chinese person. So I think yeah. that's, that's, that would be quite interesting to some of our listeners and probably quite triggering to some others. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of, a lot of listeners that perhaps would be considering, uh, coming to the UK. Um, and they'd, they'd also be fresh off the boat, just, just like you were that was, was many years ago. <laughs> yeah true that's true um speaking of speaking of being fresh off the boat um you know the feeling when i the feeling i had when i first arrived was uh was a very interesting one i i felt like you know it, it would probably be very different compared to how you felt um in the first couple of weeks in china i would i would say similar in a lot of ways and also quite different in a lot of other ways so you know similar in regards to that i was really excited you know everything was quite new to me and you know I, i'm seeing all these different things i'm seeing a completely new scenery so that that was really cool but at the same time um you know i i didn't when i go out to eat i didn't have those friendly hot pot uh, restaurant owners telling me how to eat stuff Right, so this is more of a sad story. It's not not a happy story. Is that is that what you're saying? No, not really, not really. It's just I, I'm just I'm just gonna utter my own experience, and uh, you know, I, I I look back at it now, and I, I I can get past it with a smile. But I think back then, when I first uh, when I first moved over, you know, as an 18 year old kid, I turned 18 literally like a month before I left for the UK. So. It was uh, it was scary. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily difficult because I was protected in a bubble, right? I was I have my parents supporting me with all the resources that they have, so I, I was protected in a bubble. But I was so I was so scared because I can still see everything that's that's surrounding me. If that makes right, sense. Right. Right. So 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 you actually spent your adolescence years, you know, like eighteen and nineteen in the United Kingdom. Mm hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, okay, but would you say there was a big culture shock for you, or would you say you were quite prepared for it? Um, I thought I was. I thought I was prepared, but you know that's the thing about being prepared is that no matter how how prepared you feel, when you actually throw yourself into the game, you realize you're never fully prepared. So that was kind of my my experience. You know, I, I we had this family friend, whom I I've got to know since I was. I want to say 10 years old. So he, he was he was from Manchester and uh, yeah. he's, he's a British. He was a British born Chinese person. 
and uh, he was a colleague of my father's. But he's he's a you know he, he's a younger guy. He's way younger. And uh, back then, when I got to know him, I was ten years old, and he was a university student. He was he was studying at University of Manchester. So he was actually the person that pushed me to go study in Manchester, right? And he he told me that, you know, um, I have a lot of my friends, a lot of my relatives, you know, I have my family living uh, close to Manchester. And if you go, you know, I would be able to introduce you to a whole lot of people and you would have a lot of fun and you wouldn't feel, you would feel right at home. Like that was, that was sort of the promise. Right. So, so I just, I just went straight into it without thinking twice. Okay. Um, so, so that was, that was kind of the situation. And I mean, they were, they were great people, you know, there were a great family of people and they treated me really well over the four years I was there. Um, and he was the guy who actually picked me up from the airport when I arrived. So I was really grateful for that to, to have someone, you know, in a completely foreign environment to take care of you especially when you first land because you know the, a sense of helplessness just hits you straight away when you land in a completely new country when you don't know anyone I, I'm sure you've experienced that when you first moved to China mm, so this guy was like your shepherd and he he led the way and he, he guided you and you he gave you like a, po- a point of contact when you first went to, to the United Kingdom and he would you say that yeah he, he showed you around and and helped you settle into a new city and a new country definitely immensely i mean um i landed in an afternoon it was uh you know the timing was quite similar to the to the timing that i landed in my last golden nugget story so you know (laughs) he basically drove me from the airport straight to my university accommodation and then you know took me to took me to the to asta you know one of the larger um supermarket chains and then just bought all of the supplies for me you know from from pillows to like shampoos to like food to like whatever everything that i possibly needed you know he he just packed everything in, in the back of his car and he drove me back he helped me set everything up and he took me out for dinner um and then drove me back to my to my place to you know so that that yeah. was really nice that was that was a really really great first impression that i had of manchester um, yeah, just purely off this one person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you'd say like the first experience was positive because obviously you had this person to help you set yourself up. Mm-hmm. And I think when you move far away from your home, you you do want to have some form of of support, which I think yeah. is, is nice. Um, That's very true. Yeah. So obviously this was your your first experience. So I mean, how did it how did it evolve from there? I mean. I think before you were saying that you didn't have these lovely restaurant experiences like I had in China. So, <laughs> so what happened next? What What was the next thing? Um, well, I think partly is because you know the fact that I was from China. I, I was born and raised in an environment where I had this sort of big country mentality. Um, you know, I th- I think you probably had this. You probably experienced something very similar as a British person. Um, where you feel like, you know, you you are in a position of power because of your national identity. Like, you know, when I was in school, I was taught that, uh, you know, I was from a country that's super rich in culture and had a glorious history. You know, um, 
in the past like a thousand to two thousand years we have Koreans, Japanese, Persians, they all came to pay tribute to us every year and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, growing up, I, I was in a mentality where I was like, you know what, I, I never need to feel like I was inferior or I should always feel that I was superior to a certain extent. It doesn't matter where I go, right? People should always acknowledge me and they should always know where I'm from and who I am and what I stand for. And oh. I think... I think UK just hit me with a really harsh reality check the moment I landed. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, in the UK, people don't really uh, <laughs> don't really care so much about about that sort of stuff. I, I would assume. Um, yeah. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, for me, I'm not sure if it would be about uh, being an inferior or superior, but more about you know the perhaps the reputation or the uh, perception of where you come from so i mean i think that yeah British i think people, so yeah. i think i think that yeah. definitely contributed to it yeah. yeah so when you when you came to the uk obviously you maybe realized that a lot of people didn't share that perception or that their outlook was a lot different from yours so i can imagine it would have been would have been a bit of a shock and uh, opened your eyes to some some different uh different perceptions yeah i mean you know um I felt like it was kind of a cold welcome when I was passing the customs. Because, um, cause, you know, on the same flight that I, uh, on the same flight, there's a whole bunch of uh, Chinese students just like myself, right? And then we were all lining up in the queue to pass the customs. First of all, we're, we're, we're all lining up. The fact that we're all lining up instead of like going through the uh, electronic shutters uh, that are dedicated to f for EU citizens was kind of like a step down for myself i was like oh wow okay so this is how we get treated we're not home <laughs> really <laughs> yeah and then because because um for for eu citizens they just need to scan their passports and they don't need a visa or whatever they don't get interrogated they just get passed whereas uh for you know all the overseas people you, you have to you have to line up in a queue that's probably going to last that's you know probably going to keep you there for an hour and, uh, well, I, I saw kind of a silver lining when I saw, when I heard like American people speaking in the queue and then I realized, okay, so Americans also need to stand in the queue cause they're not from the EU either. I was like, okay, uh, oh, well, I feel better now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, and now, you know, because of Brexit, you know, the people, British people also need to stand in that queue. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's only a, a select few countries that remain in the, in the special EU queue. So, um, yeah, okay. So true. that was your first impression when you, when you arrived, mm. you thought, okay. And, and also the customs officer didn't really acknowledge me much. You know, he, he I think they're probably so sick of seeing like Chinese faces or asian faces especially during that time of the year so they just like dismissed me like really quickly you know they asked me oh what are you here for and i was like i'm, you know, I'm here to study and he was like where are you from i was like well i'm from china you know here's the passport and you know he just stamped it and said okay next yeah and just yeah. like waved at me you know just yeah so so it was kind of underwhelming um but okay. but i guess that's that's the I, I don't know how to say it. I guess that's just how that's just how the world works. You know, I, I get really I feel really at home and at ease um, in China. But you know, obviously, that's not the case. Just like just like how 
a European person probably would feel like that in Europe, but not anywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. You'd feel relaxed mm-hmm. and you're familiar with your surroundings. But yeah, I think that's to be expected when you you move to a new place. Um, so, I mean, when you came to the United Kingdom, what what sort of were the biggest differences that you noticed? I mean, what were the things that that shocked you, or what like what made you feel that you were very far away from from home? Um, and sort of led you down this this path? I think the biggest difference or the biggest shock that I felt was the university lifestyle. Um, Because I I arrived in the middle of, or at the very beginning of Freshers Week. And I know Freshers Week is such a big thing. Like everyone just goes hammered day after day. And I was just not, I was not ready for that at all. (laughs) Yeah, so I, I I'll tell you the whole story. Right, I, I moved into the to the university student hall, uh, you know, thanks to my thanks to my family friend who helped me out. So that the first night was amazing. You know, I went to bed happy, and then I was super looking forward to the next day because I haven't I haven't really met my uh, flatmates. I didn't know what they were up to. And next day, I woke up and I realized nobody was up, and I was in a I was in a flat with like seven other people. So it was a huge flat. And uh, I was I was wondering, I was like, how the hell does no one get up until like, I think it was 12 p.m. already. And turns out they were all like hammered and having hangovers from last <laughs> night because they were all out at some uh, freshers party. Yeah. yeah. And first of all, I didn't understand what the word freshers meant when I when I when I was uh, when I first heard it. I was like, what the hell is freshers? And uh, they told me, oh, this that's us basically like we're you know fresh students like fresh meat <laughs> yeah exactly fresh, fresh <laughs> off the boat fresh meat fresh students i mean freshers is a big deal i mean it's probably it one of the yeah. one it of the best weeks deal. of my life yeah i remember freshers week when i first went to university and it is like you let you just go out every night and you drink and yeah. uh, do other things and then sleep <laughs> yeah i i was in i was in shock uh, by the nightlife situation, because the thing is, I I missed all the freshers. I, I missed all the preparations for the freshers week. I just like when I just dove straight into it. Like I didn't have time to buy a wristband. I didn't have time to prepare uh, to decide on which parties to go to. I didn't have time to get to know the people I was gonna drink with. And everyone was already like full motion into it. So, you know, and and first of all, I wasn't even like when I was growing up, I was never even introduced to the concept of like binge shrinking or or clubbing. And mm-hmm. clubs were seen such as such an evil place in China. And <laughs> for grant and and I mean, granted, they are pretty dangerous places in China. Like you know, not normal Chinese people wouldn't go to clubs. I would say probably less so now like more and more younger people are going to chinese clubs now but back then when i was a teenager you know clubs were for you know um yeah. drug dealers and uh murderers you know that sort of thing okay, okay. So, so a specific category of, of people might have gone to nightclubs in china yeah yeah so you know if, if if you ask donald trump he would say you know mexicans go to chinese nightclubs that kind of thing so okay. that was that was 
So when I first landed, the freshers' week was just a almost like a hellish experience for me because I, I was just in. I was amazed. I was I was really shook up, and I I didn't know how to how to deal with it. So I just kind of like, I tried to like hide from all the parties because I was really nervous, and I didn't know that people needed alcohol to have personalities. So <laughs> it was quite difficult. Yeah, it was quite difficult to socialize. And I was in a flat with like six British people and one Norwegian guy. So you know they were all they were all European, and I found it difficult to get involved in conversations or understand their humor because it's not because I don't understand language, but it's mostly because I never got any of the context or the reference. So I think just having very different experiences when growing up kind of、uh, kind of made me feel left out. When I was in an environment where everyone else's experience was quite homogeneous. Okay, yeah. I mean, it is a big change in the the drinking culture and the, and that、uh, culture of of going out, you know, to nightclubs in the UK.、Mm. It's like a big deal. Yeah. And I can imagine it, it would have, deal, would have been a、doubt. big change for you. So, okay, so for Freshers' Week, you were a bit nervous. Like you didn't go to these parties. Maybe you just、mm. hid in your room and. Shed a few tears. So when, <laughs> when was the when was like the breaking moment? I mean, when did you come out your shell? Like, when did you begin to embrace the the new environment and sort of make new friends? Like, when when did that happen? I think it was a it was a gradual experience. It was a gradual process. You know, I I wasn't I wasn't just out of the shell immediately. So well, because I I never got the banter's. So I found it quite tedious to actually have those. Kitchen conversations.、Um, even though I try my best to get involved, I just don't know how to get involved. Like everyone would be talking, and I'll be walking into the kitchen, and they would welcome me too, and everyone acknowledges me, and you know they want to talk to me, and they try to spark up some kind of conversation, but it's never really too, you know, it never hits the point where you, you can just continue. So. I just found it really boring. I was like, "Holy shit! I'm never gonna get. I'm, I'm never gonna feel the same level of connection as these guys、uh, do with each other." So I just kind of resorted to my friends from my high school, who also came to the UK to study in other universities. So we were having these like Skype,、uh, you know, conversations almost every week, if not more than that, and that became something I just. You know, I, I lived for that. Became something I looked forward to all the time, and I was I was just going to classes, cooking my food,、uh, doing my exercises, and then you know talking to my old high school friends on Skype. That was kind of my life for at least a month. The first month, I think that's how that's how it went for me. Yeah. Yeah, but I think you know, to be honest, that makes sense because when you go to a new place, one of the things or most important things that I find that can help you. Um, feel comfortable is routine, and I mean, if you develop this this routine where you you go to class and then you might you know walk past like the same place every day, and then you do your、mm -hmm. exercises at a specific time, and then you have this set period in the week where you you speak to your old friends, which obviously remind you of home and it makes you feel happy and it it makes you you know feel that you're still connected with with people even though you're living in in a different place. I mean that that routine is something that I think is very important for the first month. Yeah,、um, it is. Is is really important for sure. It, it helps you to stay mentally stable. I would say. Yeah,、know. yeah. 
so otherwise i would have gone crazy yeah i can imagine yeah i mean the if you if you feel isolated if you're in a different environment different people different humor i mean the the humor is a big thing as well and the the language Mm -hmm. if if you're not familiar with it and you're not able to you know share that with with people it can become a bit challenging so yeah um, yeah if that was like a month i mean what what what's the next step i feel that there's a another part to this story (laughs) well i think during that month i i actually you know i think during the first month or maybe month and a half um you know, I, I was still kind of happy, but I was I was living in this like you know Chinese bubble where, um, you know, I would interact with English people or you know international people when I'm going to school or when I'm going to class, but I would try to limit that to the those contacts. I like I I wouldn't try to socialize with them outside of class because I just I simply didn't find them interesting um to hang out with because all the stuff they were talking about i I didn't understand any of those um and i just found the idea of going out to the nightclub and being out until like 3 or 4 a.m to be like genuinely terrifying (laughs) you know so (laughs) well because first of all i didn't feel safe in manchester because the first night when uh Oh, my, oh, my family friend, his name is Daniel. Daniel's a great guy. He, he told me a lot of things about Manchester. And I think he also scarred me a little bit because he was like, Manchester is a, very, is a pretty dangerous place. So, uh, you know, when it gets dark outside, make sure you don't go anywhere random by yourself because uh, there's a lot of uh, thugs and there's a lot of, you know, just people that's up to no good around. So I was kind of like, wow, okay. Um, well, if that's the case, I'm definitely not going to be like these knuckleheads to go out until like three or four a.m. and waiting to get shot. <laughs> so that, that was that was my mentality, and and so be, I think because of that, I think because of that, um, that put me in a lot of uh, that. That first of all, that led me to judge my flatmates and also my friends from university, because I was like, how come? How the fuck are you guys going out every weekend? Well, first of all, every night on Freshers' Week, right, and then every weekend. And also, I wasn't down with the whole binge drinking thing that people were doing on a weekly basis, if not a daily basis. So I found those drunk people like really disgusting and almost like I just almost despised them, right? The story. And then there's a there there was a time when one of my flatmates, we ended up becoming really good friends afterwards. But back then, I I just totally hated him. I was like, he's a fucking prick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right yeah. right because so, yeah. i think i just didn't under, i didn't understand any of his humor i think he was being a, he was just being a what a british guy would be like you know just being sarcastic and uh genuinely trying to have a fun conversation with me and just messing around all the time you know all the bantering stuff but i didn't get it at the start i was so i i think i just I, first of all i didn't understand any of those jokes and also, I, I kind of, I kind of took myself too seriously um, when I was when I was 18. You know, I, I felt like I was representing a whole country. You know, being in the UK, I, I, I didn't feel like I was re- just representing myself. But the truth is, I was barely representing myself, n- let alone you know a country of like one point something billion people. So um, 
that was that was quite stupid. Um, and that, there was a night when he went out with like two other of my flatmates. They were all like, you know, three British guys. And uh, he decided that it was a good idea to come home at 3 a.m. Uh, hammered um, to, to just start beating on my door and also my next door neighbor, which was the Norwegian kid. Uh, he decided it was a good time to wake up the internationals because we had apparently a time difference. So we should be up right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you say it, it sounds quite <laughs> But, I mean... But I, I was, I was yeah. furious at that time, man. I, and I was like, holy shit, I have, like, I have class tomorrow at like 8 a.m. or 9 a.m. So I need to wake up. And why are you waking me up right now? So... I went to open the door and I was like, dude, just stop doing this. Like, this is not funny. I, I don't like, you know, because he was so loud. He was like literally banging on the door. Like the door was bending. He was yeah. a small guy. No, he had that much power. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> so I was like, dude, you, you got to, you got to give it a, you know, you got to give it a rest. And he was like, okay, okay. You know what? I, I, I won't do it again. So all went to the other uh, end of the corridor and they sat in the common room and they were just chilling. And, you know, I just heard, you know, I was getting back to bed and I, I haven't fully fallen asleep again. And I just heard like, you know, there's some kind of noise going on on the other side of the corridor again. And I heard him running, rushing all the way down the hall and came to bang on our doors again. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm just going to wait, wait it out this time. I'm not going to do anything. And I waited and he, he was gone. And then he was back again. It was back again. And he just banged on those doors like there was no tomorrow. So I was like, okay, well, this is it. So I opened the door and it literally just pinned him down on the ground. I was like, just, you, you need to <laughs> stop doing this shit right now. Really? Yeah. How did he, yeah. how did he, how did he react to that? And the thing is, the two other guys were trying to stop him. So when they saw me doing that in my pajamas, <laughs> yeah, they were like, "Oh, sh this guy is not, you know, this guy's not messing around." <laughs> so, it's <laughs> uh, pretty funny. Yeah, I mean, that's that's like so, I think that, that's a fair yeah. reaction. I mean, there's nothing worse than than people being inconsiderate. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, now that I think about it, I feel like um, it. It was it was probably just a joke, right? It's, it's nothing serious. But at the same time, back then I was really angry. Like I, I was genuinely really angry. And I think a lot of that anger came from um, just feeling isolated. Like I, I felt helpless. I felt like if I don't stand up for myself, like nobody else would. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So so that was kind of like you know if you corner me, this is my sort of natural reaction to protect myself and I, I you know sometimes i look back at it and i feel like maybe i have gone too far to like pin him down like that um but you know it is what it is okay so. well then i guess the uh, the big question is did he stop knocking on your door <laughs> he did stop yeah i think <laughs> yeah. after that we learned his lesson and we were just you know we were cool afterwards so and actually the fun fact um uh at the at the tail end of uh, 2018, it was it was in December when there was one time when I went to Winter Wonderland with Castillo and a few other friends. Um, 
we were we were close to Liverpool Street, and we decided to go have a drink. So we went. So I actually ran into him just randomly. Ran into him and a few other guys from our university at at a bar on Liverpool Street. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you- like I, I saw him from a long from a long way away, and I just shouted at him, and you know we had a good night. So I guess uh, you know after after all those banging on doors and uh, pinning down and all those crazy shit, I guess we you know something nice did flourish out of it. So that was quite yeah. nice. I think that's a way of like bonding, you know, you go through that stuff together, mm. you piss each other off, you come yeah. to violence and then you become friends. True. Not that, not that I'm true. saying that you acted violently. <laughs> I think what you did well, was, 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 was just, you know, I think it's, I think it's fine. I mean, it, it has to be done. So yeah, I mean, that's interesting. That's like one of your initial experiences. Yeah. I, can I really think that, that was the boiling point when I yeah. realized, okay, this is this gone way out of control. Like I need to somehow, uh, I need to somehow fit into this environment or get used to it. Otherwise, you know, I can't, I can't keep like acting violent to people all the time just to protect myself. Like that's not gonna, that's not gonna work out well for me. <laughs> no, I can imagine not. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty big guys in Manchester, so you won't yeah. Be <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. Okay. Right. Interesting. So that was like, you know, your first weeks. It's really something that I'm I'm not even surprised to hear that that happened because when I remember when I stayed in student accommodation, I mean, there was all sorts of like shenanigans, you know, like people banging on doors and not being considerate of others and making a lot mm-hmm. of noise. And, you know, just like every week, you know, there'd be some sort of occurrence. So it can be like quite a hostile environment. I mean, especially if you've just come from living with your parents and especially if it's I, a new the thing is you know. i didn't even come from living with my parents i came from living with my friends in a school dormitory and when i was like i was i was staying at school the whole time from uh from when i was 12 years old so yeah i lived in a dormitory environment since you know for six years before i moved to the uk so i i thought i was really prepared for this whole you know communal living environment but it turns out i wasn't so it was it was yeah that was really a sort of eye-opener if Mm. anything yeah yeah okay so at what point would you say that you felt more assimilated to the culture and more like connected with british people i mean how long did it take for that to happen I think uh, probably shortly after this, right? Shortly after this, um, I was talking to my friends on Skype again. And, uh, you know, I realized that the people, the same, pe- the same group of people, five or six of them, uh, that used to turn up to these Skype sessions every week, some of them are, have stop, stopped to, you know, show up consistently because they were busy, because they were doing this, because they were doing that. So I feel like, okay, I guess people are moving on. I guess people are, you know, settling in to their own little environments, maybe in London, maybe in Edinburgh, maybe in Cambridge, whatever environment they're in. So that's when I realized I cannot rely on my old high school friends forever and live on the internet. So I decided to just slowly branch out and sort of, you know, develop my own bubble in Manchester so that I'll, I'll feel comfortable and feel easy yeah 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 okay that's interesting yeah so 
your friends from home started to move on they started to settle into the places that they were in and then you you sort of saw that as an awakening like you know shit i'm gonna be here for the foreseeable future so yeah probably trying because i I didn't want to be i didn't want it to come to a day where i was the only one on skype waiting for everyone to show up and nobody showed up i was like that's gonna be really sad (laughs) (laughs) it would be a sad day indeed you know it's just you like by yourself like waiting like sitting there waiting for you i was in the wechat group texting people like anybody here (laughs) (laughs) you were really sad yeah yeah that'd be terrible right so okay so when you started to like make that bubble for yourself in Manchester and you started to branch out and have your own network. Mm. I mean, I mean, what was like a highlight of that? What's something you found and, and what was like a, a story that makes you feel happy about your, your bubble that you had there? I think I was really lucky. I think I was really lucky because uh, just when I realized I should start branching out, uh, you know, it was almost like a lucky strike, right? I, I met a very good friend of mine, and we're still friends to this day. Um, his name is Roy. He's from India. He's five years older than me. So when I was in first year of university, he was doing a master's degree already. And, uh, you know, we met on his first day when he arrived in Manchester, and he we lived in the same sort of, you know, student accommodation complex. But obviously, he was quite clueless about where he needed to go and he landed on a Saturday where there's no one at the reception so he couldn't check into his room and I, I went out I, I was I was on my way out of the accommodation area just to get some breakfast and I saw him standing there you know looking all confused I was like you know why is this guy standing here it was Saturday morning so you know student accommodation Saturday morning nobody's up no one is up it is the quiet is the quietest <laughs> time yeah. ever silence so you know i i went across the street i got a cup of coffee and i came back and he was still standing there i was like okay and he had a huge suitcase suitcase with me uh, with him and also a big backpack on so I, I felt bad for the guy i was like hey do you need any help so he told me you know the whole story he just landed he didn't know if he was at the right place um and you know nobody was there to help him and he didn't have a local cell phone so he couldn't make any calls he wanted to call reception. He knows the number. He just couldn't do it. So I was like, okay, I can lend you my cell phone and you can make that call. We'll see what happens. So I, I sort of just, you know, I stayed with him. You know, he made the call and then the people told him he, he needs to be at a different place. And he said, okay, I'm going to go. I said, look, I'm going to go with you because you got this huge suitcase with you and that's a long walk. So, you, you know, it's good that you have someone to help you out. So I, I offered him to do that. And we walked to that place. Turns out he was at the right place at the start. So we actually had to <laughs> went back to the place, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and finally, some someone at the reception showed up and he was checked into his room. He got all settled in. Uh, so, so yeah, that was, you know, that was a whole day we spent together and we just instantly became really good friends, you know, because of this whole event. And... Um, mm. So, so, and he was, he was more of a guy on the mature side because he's already been through this whole craziness of four years at university and he went to university in the, in the U S which supposedly according to him was a lot 
crazier and uh, messier compared to the university culture in the UK. So, I really don't. You know, he's he's yeah, kind of really like, that. that's, that's, that's not acceptable. Yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> they drink water. You know, well, for every I still, they drink, they drink I still water. Feel- I still yeah. feel like I still feel like the UK drinking culture is just you know is uh, is lethal. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the word I'm gonna use. I I don't think any other country would really come to compare. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Americans say they drink more a lot. Sure. Mm. Yeah, Americans do say they drink a lot, and then they realize that measure everything in beers, so it doesn't doesn't really count. No. Um, no. <laughs> But but we're missing the point. I think what I was trying to say is he was he was much more of a mature guy, and I just felt like uh, I enjoyed hanging out with him a lot more than I did hanging out with people my age. I'm not trying to be condescending and say people my age are premature, but you know they they kind of they kind of were like children back then at least. So. <laughs> Yukon and Roy sounds very like a touching story. Yeah, we, we used to we used to like you know drink whiskey and just you know smoke cigarettes and talk about stuff and it was a it was it was a cool time hanging out with him. Yeah, so that was, very that, cool, was yeah. that was nice because and said, he's the yeah. person who gave me faith in interacting with like you know international people again because I felt like you know there are people out here who I can actually feel connected with okay yeah yeah and um i mean you said like uh there was a lot of sin in this podcast but to be honest it sounds like you were the good samaritan i mean you helped him he was at a time of need he was lost in the in the city and he had nowhere to stay and you you helped him find the find his way so i think it is it is yeah. a very nice it's a very nice story very well good. i see that i see that whole act as my redemption in the purgatory you know that i think uh, that was that was what it was yeah, yeah. because so before that, yeah. it was a health experience and i think after the purgatory that's when i reached heaven okay so that good deed like changed the course of history is that what you're saying it really it really did yeah it really did i i redeemed myself wow okay and then it opened your eyes and changed your life forever and you had this new life in uh manchester with roy <laughs> <laughs> yeah with him and a whole and a whole more a lot of people you know um i just mm. felt like i felt like when in the first a month and a half um i was i was uh i think i was having i was suffering from this sort of i don't know identity dysphoria where um where I, I didn't feel very comfortable about who I was in this environment, right? I didn't feel like it was my, I didn't feel like it was home for me. I didn't feel like, uh, I didn't feel like it was very embracing. So um, I sort of felt like, you know what, I just want to be low key. I don't feel like people are welcoming me enough. So I, I should probably try to suck up to people and be the person that want me to be instead of being just myself. So that, that was kind of like a very bad victim mentality that I had. And I think after this whole act, I realized, you know what, I can just 
be myself and uh you know who gives a fuck about who likes me or not i would i would just be myself and uh uh you know i don't care what people say and so that's that's what i did exactly i started to set goals for myself before leaving my room every morning i uh I would look myself in the mirror and say, okay, I have to have a meaningful or authentic conversation with at least one person today. And yeah. if I, if I finish that, if I accomplish that goal, um, I'm good. I don't have to study. I don't have to do anything else. I can just chill in the evening. I, I do whatever I want. I can be as antisocial as I wanted to because my social goal was accomplished. <laughs> yeah. So that that's was, a very, that's a very good outlook. I mean, that's what you want in your day. It's so important yeah. to have that meaningful interaction. And that's what's been missing. I mean, I think a lot of yeah. people forget that. They, you know, they watch Netflix or they like lie around in the room or they, they text people, but they don't actually have that, that meaningful engagement. And I think it's so important to your happiness and to your development as a, as a person. Yeah. Yeah, really, it really was. It, it really built up my, com my confidence that way. So, and also, you know, just being myself and not giving a crap about what people thought about me actually helped me to make friends who actually cared about who I was. And so yeah. that I was, I was really comfortable around those people that stuck around and that helped me to manufacture a very positive and encouraging social environment around me. And I think just, just doing this specifically, I've benefited so much from this particular practice and I'm still living by this principle until like today. So that was, that was a really important growth, um, that I sort of accumulated, you know? Yeah. I think it's a first good principle to live by. I mean, I think actually, yeah. I think it's someone, something that a lot, a lot of people can learn from even myself. I mean, it's, if you aim to have that every day or to speak with somebody new, to you know try something new have a new experience it's going to have like a very positive impact on your life i mean this is yeah what the podcast church is all about you can you bring in advice and joy to other people <laughs> well at the start of the podcast we talked about we're going to bring in philosophical points and i think yeah. you know this is where we start <laughs> i think that's brilliant and um i mean there's so many aspects we could we could go into here with with your experiences in Manchester, but I think that's that's been a very enlightening and insightful journey that we've just gone on this morning. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, and I would say you know we can probably end it on a high here today, and it's all it's already been forty five minutes, so I think that's a that's a good yeah. chunk of stuff for people to listen and think about. Yeah, it's definitely a high. So I hope everyone's enjoyed it um please leave a comment or if you do live in manchester and you have any questions or you want to meet roy let yukon know <laughs> <laughs> i'll hook you up <laughs> exactly yeah so okay the end of another episode with yukon our chinese boy in an ever-changing world i hope you've enjoyed it and if you have any questions yeah comment below take it easy have a good week and uh, see you guys next time see you next time